Okay, we're continuing a series on the names that Jesus gave to himself. And we go on to one today, the bread of life. We want to think about that. Last week, uh, Levi talked about uh, being the word. Jesus was called the word. That is, he expresses the mind of God. That's what words are, the expression of thoughts. And so he's the expression of the thoughts of God telling us. And so Jesus is the ultimate communicator. There has never been anybody that can talk like him. Believe me, nobody can talk. Nobody can ever said it like Jesus. And his particular style, storytelling. He's a storyteller. And think of some of the most famous stories, the prodigal son. Everybody's heard the story of the prodigal son. The good Samaritan. A sower went to sow seeds. And he was able to say things in such a way so that the words would stick in your mind. He's painting a picture in your mind. And nobody was better at it than Jesus. And you can go back and say, well, what did Confucius say? We, when we were kids, we always made a joke. A man who sit on tack is better off. Confucius say. You know, somebody got it. <laughs> <clears throat> but you know, who cares what Confucius said? I'm bored to death with what Confucius said. And there's nobody can ever talk the way Jesus did. His words stick in your mind, and he knew how to paint a picture in your mind. And when I read it, I say, it's just perfect. It's excellent. The communication of Jesus. And preachers today unfortunately, uh, follow patterns. They've been taught certain things. And one of the things that they do, they've been taught to do this, is if you can make an outline, first of all, you've got to have an outline. I don't think Jesus ever had an outline, right? <laughs> Jesus didn't say, let me check my outline, see where I am. He didn't, he didn't do that, okay? And... Uh, uh, they like to make their words rhyme. If they can make them rhyme, they think they're poets. Uh, but they like to have, we got four points. And they all got to begin with the same first letter. You'll hear it coming out over and over again from preachers. You know, let's see, it's got to have to do with peace and, and uh, permission and uh, prosperity and purity. And as long as they all begin with P, I got my sermon. And I always think to myself, I hope the last one doesn't fit. You know, say something different. But they always, they always do. I, I was at a church once, and he puts his outline up over his head. And so you say, well, will I listen to him or look at the outline? After a while, I say, I might as well listen, look at the outline, because everything he says is there. And then he, he got out of line. And I said, oh, great, he left his outline. Oh, sorry, folks, and he switched the thing, and now I said, 
Finally, somebody left the outline. Jesus didn't talk like that. Jesus isn't using little tricks and saying, we hope you'll remember better if we use these little tricks. Jesus didn't do that. Uh, It's not some sort of slavish adherence to a form. He just talks, communicates. And the things he says uh, are just riveting. And you don't have to have them rhyme and all be with the same letter and it has to be four points or three points. or No, no, no. He just communicates at heart. Now, what we talk about today, Jesus says, I'm the bread of life, was triggered by an event, something that Jesus did. And so the conversation develops because of what he did. And what he did was he fed 5,000. You remember, uh, he feeds the 5,000. He's got five little loaves. And two little fish. And uh, he breaks them and feeds 5,000 people. And they told people, sit down in hundreds and fifties. And so uh, people who are the last ones served are probably thinking, it's all going to be gone before he gets to me. You know, how can he serve all these people? He's got a little lunch there, but he keeps breaking it. And finally he fed them all. And so what happens? Well, uh, people start thinking, well, is there a meaning in it? Is he trying to say something to us? Is he trying to communicate that why he did this? Of course, the answer is always yes. He's always communicating. You recall what they did. They said, he's he's fed us all with one boy's lunch, and so let's make him king. Isn't that, isn't that how people think about the government? Hey, if you feed me free lunch, you're, you're a king, man. That's it. You take care of me, I'll make you king. So um, that's a pretty common expression. So they said, Jesus, we're going to make you king because you just fed us all uh, lunch out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. <clears throat> so he's snuck away. He's not going to put up with that. But there comes a conversation And uh, so uh, John chapter 6, we're looking at a couple of different conversations that Jesus said. And they're trying to figure out, is there some meaning in the feeding of the 5,000? What's he trying to communicate? Well, John chapter 6, start reading at verse 30. They said, therefore, unto Jesus, what sign showest thou then that we may believe and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. He said, maybe he's doing something like manna. Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say to you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. But my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. So they really wanted the bread. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. And there it is, where he says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Now, 
they're not quite convinced, and so they keep pressing him. They want a little bit more from him. And <clears throat> so, verse 53. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Wait, wait a minute. What did you just say? Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life. I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed. My blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. Uh, as the living Father sent me and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me even shall he live by me. That is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. So they're trying to think, well, he's kind of like Moses. He's going to feed us. He says, no, 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 no. Moses is doing something entirely different. He's taking care of your daily needs, or God actually did by giving you that manna on the ground. He said, I'm talking about something different. Verse 59, these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. And many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Wait a minute, he's talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. If you want to be a part of me, if you want the bread of life, I'm the bread of life. If you want to be a part of me, eat my flesh and drink my blood. This, this is a little bit more than we can take. In verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. He said, if he's going to say stuff like, you've got to eat my flesh and drink, I'm not... I don't know what he's talking about. I'm not into that. I think that this is very thoughtful when Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Now, we talked already about living water. Jesus being living water. We said water has a refreshing quality in it. And you can sit there and gulp all you want and pour it down your yak and just, oh, that feels good. I like water. feels great. It refreshes me. And we can capture that thought. You're living water. You're refreshed by Jesus. But now he's gone to a loaf of bread. And it's not something you just gulp down. You and I live in this society now where (laughs) everything is handed to us. If you had to go home and make bread, how many people could do it? There's a couple of you who could make bread. You put me in charge of making bread, you're not getting any for lunch, okay? (laughs) Or supper or breakfast. I can't make bread. We've all kind of forgotten those things. One of the things that we have is sliced bread. You buy your bread and it's all sliced, right? Mm -hmm. You look at there's sliced bread. Well, we don't even have to cut it anymore. Uh, but in these days, nobody sliced bread. They didn't take a knife and cut off a slice. They handed you the loaf. Here's a loaf. What do you do with it? You just rip off a piece. There, give me the loaf of bread. So if in, in the minds of the people Jesus is talking about, you're talking about bread, you're saying it's something that you get and you got to rip it apart with your hands. And so you tear it. 
and you rip it apart. And so there's a very different thing than the water of life where we just take it in and we got it. Here's bread. And he says, I'm bread now. What do you think of bread? Well, I think of bread. I think of these loaves that we make. And probably in those days, the father uh, would say a prayer. Everybody washed their hands. It's a Jewish way. And then you just rip the, here's your chunk. Here's your chunk. Here's your chunk. We did that when we were kids. My mother made all sorts of bread. And when you get your piece, we'd say in Norwegian, skulkin, skulkin. What's skulkin? Well, it's the last, the edge of the bread. That's the good piece, right? The one on the end where it's all crust. He says, I want the skulkin. He means, I want the end. Give me the end. So you're ripping off bread. And so that was a very common thing. And as Jesus is communicating to these people, I want you to think of me like bread. Well, when I think of bread, not us, because we get it pre-sliced, okay? When I think of bread, it's something I got to tear apart. I got to rip apart. Now, we have a different opinion about bread because of that. It's different the idea that it's got to be broken. Now, take a look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is a passage that we use on communion. <clears throat> Paul said, God told me what happened there. He, he, like he took me there for the Last Supper. And he wanted me to see it. And he said, so... Verse 23 of 1 Corinthians 11. I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. Or God said, I want you to be there at the Last Supper. So I'm going to show you in your mind, Paul, what it was like. Uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ, the same night that which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he gave him thanks, he broke it. And said, take eat, this is my body Broken for you, this is due in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, The cup is the New Testament in my blood, as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. And so uh, he said, We're going to break bread. And Jesus rips the bread out and passes it around the table, and everybody gets a little chunk of that loaf. And so there's something he wants you to think about uh, because he used bread to explain who he was. Broken bread is necessary before you can eat it. You gotta break it. You gotta tear it apart. And so it was a common practice. We tear it apart, rip the bread. And now he says, you're gonna have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And in order for that to happen, you're going to have to tear it apart. You're going to have to rip it and tear it apart. You give them a loaf of bread and they know what they got to do with that. Understand a loaf of bread, you got to tear it apart. He says, now, I want you to start thinking about me in the same way you think of a loaf of bread. You're going to have to tear me apart. You're going to have to put me in pieces 
going to have to rip me apart. It's a reminder. And that's why these people say, well, we're not going to listen to Jesus anymore because we can't quite take that. He's talking about giving us a hunk of his flesh. We don't want to follow a bloody Jesus. And in this world today, there are denominations that went through the hymn book any reference to blood, they took it out. So half the songs talk about blood. Who knows what they're singing? Some, never mind. <laughs> Keep some comments to myself. Uh, uh, if the point was, when you give you a loaf of bread, you're going to rip the thing apart, and that's how you're going to get it. Now the end result is eternal life. In John 6, where we are, verse 48... I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat man in the wilderness and are dead. This is a bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. So, it's bloody and it's hard think about, and they said, it's hard to think what he's saying, hard to think about. He's talking about ripping his flesh, and said, it's like bread, going to have to break it. And so, when he says he's a bread of life, it really has in it communicating the idea that this is going to be suffering. This is going to be painful. It's going to be bloody. And so what he did, of course, on the cross is he broke himself. He got all broken up. And he, uh, you know, there was no place that they didn't get him. Uh, they nailed through his hands. They nailed through his feet. Uh, they whipped him with a cat of nine tails, the Romans did, and that is leather straps on a handle with little pieces of something, uh, metal or bone tied to the end so that when it lashes you, it cuts you all over. So he'd be cut his entire back all around his shoulders, around his front, because those leather straps, uh, he's had his beard pulled out. They've punched him in the face. Uh, now he's gone on the cross and been nailed there. And the last thing that happens after he's dead, they jam a sword under his rib cage and right through his heart. Uh, and he's torn all to pieces. He's torn all to pieces. He says, I'm, I'm a loaf of bread. Think of me as a loaf of bread. You're going to have to tear me to pieces in order for you to get what? Eternal life. Eternal life. So when he says, I'm, I'm a loaf of bread, it's a whole lot different than some of the other things he says because tied to the idea that he's the bread of life is that it's got to be broken. And so one of the sayings that has come down through history is Jesus made himself broken bread and poured out wine. Now, 
You say the blood flowed, how much of it? I always talk about this on communion night because they shoved a crown of thorns into his head and your head bleeds very freely when it bleeds. So he's got blood running down the side of his face and in his neck. He's been cut all over with a, the whip and he's been nailed. And the nails were probably the least thing that bled because they nailed him in the hands and feet so he wouldn't bleed to death. And the last thing they do is shove a sword under his ribcage after he's dead. And John, who witnessed it, said, I saw blood coming out and water. So they pierced his heart. So as you're hanging there, your blood says, can't send any blood out to the arms and legs anymore. So he loses feeling in his arms and legs. Your heart's trying to survive, so it's keeping the blood in your torso. And so there's no blood left in his hands for him to bleed. And when they cut him with a sword into his heart, it says, first came out water, around the heart is water, and the water came out, and then John said, the rest of the blood came out. So it's a pretty bloody act in order for you and I to take it. He is broken bread and poured out wine. That is, he made himself to be all used up. He gave himself until he was all used up. And so he became broken bread. So the bread of life has a very, I don't want to say a dark sense to it, but there is sort of a dark sense in that it represents the amount of pain. It had to be torn apart. He had to be torn apart. And he was torn apart on the cross like you have to break bread so that everybody can have some. And so you and I then, the question always comes when we see what he did and how much he gave and he didn't reserve anything. He allowed himself to be all broken and used up. You and I then have the question, are you willing to be broken bread? Are you willing to be broken and used all up in the service of the Lord? Or do you reserve? Say, well, my loaf, I'm going to keep it whole here. I'm going to keep my loaf whole. Jesus was broken bread. He didn't keep his loaf whole. He tore it all to pieces for us. And so this communication of Jesus here when he says, I'm, I'm a bread of life, that's really has a sense in it of the intensity of his desire that you would live forever. He wants you to live forever with him. What would he pay? Pay the whole price. Paid it all. all right. So that's Jesus as the bread of life. It's intense. More intense than the other things that he said. I am the bread of life. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, and live forever. Okay? Thank you.